friends. It's true, you know. Personal, local, global wellness. You may now begin the course. The emotional response to love. It's awfully important. Is usually the result of a Columbia family. A show of affection. Redefining what health means for you. And the real fundamental you, you, you. Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness hosts the personal, local, global wellness show. Welcome to the personal, local, global wellness show hosted by Syndacy Wellness. I'm June Syndacy, a healthcare provider at Syndacy Wellness. I help people move from overwhelm and anxiety to a state of clarity, peace, and comfort. I do this using nutrition analysis and teaching stress management skills. Today, I'm very excited because we have the incredible Grace Rash joining us, the founder of the Hormone Balance Blueprint Program for Holistic Hormone Healing. Thank you so much for being here, Grace. How are you today? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm great. Grace and I just had the greatest like drop in before coming live with you all. And just, I'm excited because through this, I make so many life like like-minded friends. I, I was telling my partner earlier, I'm like, I get to interview this girl today. And I, I really hope that maybe she'll be my friend. <laughs> I'd love all that you're doing, educating us women on hormone health. And I feel it's really sad because a lot of us, we saw in a biology book that we're, our hormones are kind of a curse and we're just here for reproduction and not that they can really be a hidden superpower for learning about our neurochemistry, learning about how we metabolize. And I'm going to let you go into that. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into doing this work or how you describe yourself? Yeah, so I have a background in integrative nutrition, and I actually decided to take that and then specialize in the area of hormone health, primarily based on struggles that I was having with my hormones um, in the past and growing up. And then as I started working with more women on this issue, I realized that it's, it's really something that there's a lack of in today's society. There's not many people just like you said, that are educating around this subject and just making it an open conversation. So yeah, um, I help holistic-minded women um, understand their body and their cycles so they can heal their period problems naturally. And I do that through a 90-day program that I have, the Hormone Balance Blueprint. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background and why I do what I do. It's like my number one passion for sure. Is the, the program an online program? that they can take at their own pace is are you doing videos on there is it through um reading material what's the experience like yeah so kind of all of the above <laughs> so it's yeah it's um a 90-day very high touch coaching program and by this i mean you do have reading material and modules that you watch on your own time but on top of that you get an incredible amount of support from me via uh, weekly coaching calls, um, daily support via messaging um, for us to check in and um, keep up with your progress and adjust accordingly. 
So yeah, it's a really great way to streamline the process in 90 days. So what had you choose 90 days? Because I've been looking a lot of brain research about habit development and there was the big thing about 21 days and then now I've seen the 66 days in terms of really creating a new neural pathway and just what you've seen with your clients or the needs. Cause I do similarly, usually three month minimum for any nutrition mm -hmm. transformation, uh, emotional processing, help, you know, helping people usually three months because we can do anything for one month, but past that second month, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a whole nother level of life getting in the way. And what I love about programs and what you've developed too is, they get to integrate it into their life, into their mm -hmm. daily struggles. They don't go to a retreat that is often Bali and just forget the mm -hmm. you know, stressors that usually get in the way of making life changes. Yeah, I think that's a really important part is the fact that when you do it this way, you're able to make it so individualized. So of course the reading material and the modules are where you're getting the information that you need. You can only go so far with information. So we're able through the coaching calls to dig deeper and make this work for your unique individual life. Just like you said, instead of going off on a retreat or just taking a course that gives you the information but doesn't actually walk you through the process. So it's a really great way, um, yeah, to get from point A to point B and kind of bridge that gap. Um, and what I'll say too about the three months, exactly what you said, especially when dealing with a woman's cycle, I it would be a disservice for me to only walk you through one month. I could probably teach all the material that I need to teach in a month, but I really want to allow a few cycles, honestly, to be able to look at what's changing. And um, I do offer if at the end of the three months, if they want to continue for another three months and make more of a six months program, um, then we'll just take everything and continue the support and implementation because everyone of course um, Everyone's body works differently. So people go at a different pace than others So the main point is just to make it as individualized as possible What would you say I was just sorry if my eyes were going everywhere. There's seeing some comments for our <laughs> our live um, trying to keep up. What would you say? <laughs> quick fix mentality you know instant gratification of like let me just grab all the information and somehow all my behaviors will change and all my symptoms will change and i'll have no more issues like did you ever see that in yourself have you have you helped clients you know adopting a new mindset what would you speak to people mm -hmm. what would you say to people who are like let me just do this three day or a 10 day cleanse and then like somehow my life changed <laughs> because yeah. I was that person and I damaged my gut. I was living in New Zealand. I did this like 10 day shake thing because I wanted to lose weight. I don't know how many years ago. And I had this acne that came out through, you know, the skin, the biggest shell or organ of the body that it took six months to remove. Yeah. Say about that mindset that a lot of us are. Yeah. I, I definitely think, just like you said, it can be a little damaging to have that mindset. And ultimately, in my opinion, it's just not a realistic approach. Because when you're talking about like lifelong, I mean, this is a lifestyle change. This is going to be something that you carry with you, these tools that you carry with you for the rest of your life. So it wouldn't make sense for you, know, you to squeeze it all into just a few days or a couple of weeks 
And especially when it comes to our hormones, what's really important is to take things really slow and allow ourselves plenty of rest. And I feel like when people look for a quick fix, the overwhelm like tends to uh, set in because you're just looking for the next thing and you're trying to get it done in a certain number of days. And we really have to allow our bodies to slow down. Um, and so the implementation that I like to take with women, we start with what's most important, but then from there, it's all about making small steps. And you can't make small steps over a very, very short period of time. Um, and when you extend it as well, those changes are going to stay with you longer rather than just a quick, like you said, 10 day cleanse or something or um, you know, you read an article about implementing this, this, and this, and you're like, oh, I'll do that for a few days and see how I feel. It just doesn't make sense to do that if you're trying to sustain it over a long period of time. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's important to not just to create new habits, like we said earlier, but to allow your body to really pick up on what you're doing and make it a long lasting process. It's important to stay away from those quick fixes. And I was the same way. I was looking for quick fixes and I realized that that didn't work very, very quickly. Um, and something that's really interesting is when I get on application calls for my program, that's one of the first things that people will say is the reason that I'm here is because I've tried X, Y, and Z and it did not work. And so we have to dive into that conversation of, yeah, those quick fixes aren't going to work. It might work for some people for a short period of time, but for the majority of people, you really have to make this a really, um, it's, it's a lifestyle shift, like I said. So does that answer your question? Oh, girl, we're just having a dialogue here. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, my mind's buzzing with questions because I, I love um, storytelling for, like, uh, mm -hmm. connecting to deep content where people are like, oh, that was me too. And I have so many questions I want to ask around what you saw in your transformation on, on your, your journey of mm -hmm. how, how there was bumps along the way and you changed, but then I'm like, wait, we have to go back and we really have to address like just the basic topic of what we're discussing. And I'm like, no, but we'll get to that. And like, well, not the end, but as we get through talking about hormones and the symptoms yeah. and, stuff. and then maybe you can touch on you know how you you changed a little bit here and then you changed a little bit there and and really drawing a picture of what it's really like to to radically shift and it doesn't happen overnight um mm -hmm. let's just talk hormones for dummies uh for many women who weren't given a solid education or foundation on women's health including me myself and my mother was amazing she was like okay I'm going to buy you tampons. Like, I'm going to tell you that you're going to bleed once a month and I'm going to get your ads and I'm going to help you and show you. Like, my mom just, she just said, uh, here's this. Again, she didn't help her or connect with her, engage with her. So the generations are changing. And my grandmother now uses the word education. And now that, that's why I use, because she goes, well, you've just been so much more, you know, you have a, you have a good, a better education on how to deal with your emotions and I'm like it's an education what I'm like wait I guess it is because now mm -hmm. she's like, she'll have a conversation even my grandmother who's like British and very different than me um in in a way but very similar um and so just what should an optimal hormone cycle look like and um do you mind breaking that down for us in, in just those basic terms of some people might not even know like 
what days, what happens, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And first I'll say too, I had a very, I was lucky to have um, a similar situation with my mother. Um, Just like you said, not super in depth in terms of being educated on what was happening, but I was told that it was going to happen and it was, um, it was actually to a certain degree kind of celebrated like you're a woman now you you know all of these cool things and I remember the day that it happened and I actually invite a lot of my clients to rewind and think back to this moment because this can start a lot of that downward spiral of having a poor relationship with your cycle is that first in like you know just relationship that you have when you start your cycle um, as you go through puberty so for me um, I remember that my mom wanted to go out and buy me chocolate and like got me a cappuccino and was like, let's just chill and hang out. So that was amazing. And I'm so happy for that. Unfortunately, I did start having issues down the road and I wasn't sure how to solve them until I did get into this field. But there are other women and I've talked to clients specifically who weren't even told like that their period was a thing or that their cycle was a thing. I mean, you can imagine not being educated around that and then just bleeding out of nowhere and not, I mean, it's scary. A lot of women start this journey out with a lot of fear and embarrassment. Um, So that's an important thing to note. But as far as just a general rundown, um, it's, it really starts with the fact that most women think of their cycle as their period. And then there's that really pesky thing called PMS that happens about a week before And ovulation as well is something that is pretty common, but it goes to the extent of this is when you can get pregnant. And then other than that, there's really nothing else surrounding it. So um, your, your question was, what does a healthy cycle look like? And the first thing that I want to note is the fact that the symptoms that most women experience shouldn't be happening to the degree that they do. So with really severe cramping, um, hormonal acne, bloating, um, high levels of stress and anxiety and um, uncontrollable emotions and all the things that we feel around that time, there's a reason for all of them. And it's an important indicator that there's something off in your body. But a lot of women just ignore these symptoms or accept them as normal, because that's what we've been shown that's what we've been told and something that I repeat over and over and over again is just because something is common doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal and it's very common to experience really painful um, or just inconvenient cycles where you're having all these symptoms that are affecting your day-to-day life but what it should really look like is when it comes to menstruation specifically because this is the most well-known aspect of women's cycle It is normal and natural to have lower energy levels and for everything to kind of turn inward. And the reason for, you know, typically our emotions are heightened during this time, for sure. And there's actually a neural connection going on there. So studies have shown that the right and left brain hemispheres are actually in higher communication during the time of menstruation. And that's why we're able to kind of come in and out of our emotions so much easier. Um, And when there's an imbalance, this might look like an emotional outburst, but on a balanced level, we still are more in touch with our emotions. We still need to take time to rest. This is a great way for our body to signal us, especially as women, to take an entire week, if not more, to just rest and restore, especially if you're 
you know, busy working full time and you're a mom and you have all these things going on. We live in a very busy society. So what I like to do is start with a reframe of women looking at this time of the month of their period as a time to really allow themselves to rest and to turn inward and just to evaluate different areas of their life because we do have that emotional connection and you can um, kind of think with your feelings rather than with logic, which can be really helpful sometimes when you have to dig deep um, on some things that come up for you. So there's the, the blurb on menstruation. And with PMS, PMS as a whole, it, it really shouldn't be happening to the degree that it does, like I said, with, with menstruation symptoms. And we'll get into the array of different factors that can throw this off balance. But, um, you know, common PMS symptoms, I think the biggest thing is the crazy mood swings that a lot of women experience. A lot of women also experience breakouts a week or so before. Some women even experience cramping to a certain degree. Um, I did want to note, too, when it comes to cramping, I meant to mention this earlier, that's something that we 100% have, have just deemed as normal because it happens to almost every woman. And I remember growing up, that's, that was just a part of it. It's like, oh, you, get, you have your period, you get cramps. Um, but when we say cramping, it, you should never be like hunched over in pain or to the point where you can't get out of bed and can't be productive. There, you know, the uterus is very active during this time. You know, we're, it's shedding its lining. There's a lot going on in there. So you should feel something. I like to describe this as kind of a sense of heaviness. Um, almost, you know, on the verge of like an achy kind of feeling, but it should never be like a sharp, like, oh gosh, that means that there's something going on there. Um, and so same thing with PMS, there is definitely a shift because our hormone levels, specifically estrogen and progesterone, are, you know, doing this number throughout our cycle. And right before our period, there's a very, very sharp decline. And that's what triggers the start of menstruation. And so typically PMS symptoms come up because those hormone levels are just plummeting and your body's having to figure out what to do with that. And so it is normal, of course, to feel shifts energetically and for, um, you know, cognitively as well. A lot of the time our brain works a little bit different phase to phase and week to week in our cycle. But it's important, like you mentioned earlier, to learn how to tune into this rather than think of it as something happening to you. It's just a part of your body's natural system. And when you learn how to manage it, but also what it means and you know what's happening inside of your body, it's really, really empowering because we can use it as a tool to you know, plan our weeks and plan our days in a way that we know we can show up to our fullest level and that's one of the coolest things and what I do is just that deep deep connection that you form with your body um, and your cycle and it becomes something that you really appreciate and respect rather than just view as I mean most women dread that time of the month every time it comes around it's just like oh gosh and you have to plan your whole life around it like sorry about that beach trip you're not gonna have fun there or you know, you've got a big work event, but you, the last thing you want to do is socialize. It can be tough, but it is, it is possible. And that's why I do what I do, because I just want women to understand that it does not have to be this way. And it can be something really beautiful. I love it. And I, I, I'm just, I love all the, the, the points you were touching on around a very 
interdisciplinary way of looking at the cycle compared to just mm-hmm. you have a period so that you can get pregnant or not get pregnant and people not even knowing you know the first day of your cycle is menstruation and then you have follicular mm-hmm. age where you grow the follicle and then it's ripe for you know ovulation happens and it's ripe for being impregnated and then it dies off in luteal phase and then mm-hmm. you have the menstruation phase which is the beginning and as we track and we see what day we're on and we see as grace will will talk on as well as i'll rip off of her the, the different abilities and qualities that are activated in our body our brain mm-hmm. as well as our metabolizing uh, yes. which i to speak to you on that then we can kind of work with where our energy is going um rather than trying to dam that up and create more energy we already have energy going one way like why not figure out how to work smart not work harder and yeah. as well as like the people around us our partners our our children our responsibilities my partner, he's in finance. He grew up with a different religion than I did. It's not like he's like emotional, like meh, 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 all the time, but he's so tuned into each phase that I'm in because it's like, oh, yay, she's going to have a lot of energy this week. Like we get to go on long hikes or he'll do his repair recovery days um, when I'm menstruating because we'll be a little slower. And he doesn't want to, by accident, not even knowingly, create more of tension or conflict between mm-hmm. because I'm just in this place but then I, I can verbalize this is where I'm at and yeah. we, we've shifted our relationship in that way especially how I approach my work as well and mm-hmm. what's what's amazing with that my mind was my mom was leaving me please go I felt like you were no fine. no you're fine I was gonna no you're good keep oh. going I like it it's just it's just amazing because um, it's this empowering way of going about things. He would say to me often, like, uh, during ovulation, I, I can have more hard conversations. I, I'm able to articulate myself. Like, oftentimes, mm-hmm. girlfriends and I would joke, that's the time to ask for a raise or really collaborate and use your voice. And he'd say, like, what part of your cycle are you in? Because we can't usually communicate as clearly as you're communicating now. And I'm like, well, this is the this is the time where I communicate my best, you know? Yeah. And he like totally reflected on it because he's like, just like cognitively, like so sharp. And there's so many things I, I do nutritionally. We can use supplements, so we can do emotional processing techniques. But it's also cool to work with our biology and have our biology working for us. And I yeah. would like to bring in the spiritual component of the moon lodges and red tents, all the native traditions. The moon lodges, you know, in in this land, North America and South America, where the women would go to believe, and in red tent, you know, back in <laughs> Jerusalem and the mm-hmm. peninsulas, you know, where the women would go. And one of my elders from uh, the Ojibwe tribe in Minnesota was saying, you know, in the moon lodge time, the women would go, and the veil is thinner because we have that access of our brain chemistry which they probably couldn't prove then but our sensing and they women would get visions of like where the buffalo were and the men would wait when they'd come back from their time of retreat and they'd say like we're moving our camp here or they would get visions of like an attack is coming and there was this respect for both both male and 
female roles in the tribe and their mm-hmm. unique strengths and gifts. And I think we've lost that in this drive drive culture, uh, very masculine way of going about things, um, which I need to have both of to function, but yep. an imbalance, which I'm excited to hear your opinions on, um, that we've lost respect for, for all the parts of ourselves. And even so with males, not being able to nurture their emotional capacity, their emotional intelligence, boys don't cry. And we have this like go women movement, which I'm all for, but it's like men, women raise boys, like men were raised yeah. women. And if we aren't nurturing our gifts of emotional intelligence and our skill set of what you're going to be educating us more on as well, then we can't nurture that in a male or female. Um, so definitely want to open that up. And if you have anything you'd like to to, to kind of um, riff yeah. on, please feel free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely, like you said, we've we've really lost touch with all of that in our society today. I mean, our cycle used to be just like you were talking about with you know the red tents and everything like that. You know, back in more ancient times, this was, this was a way for women to connect with each other. Um, and to really, like you said, get in touch with our emotions and our intuition. And, and it was almost like this sacred thing. And so it's interesting that now it's literally like a taboo topic, like even women between each other have trouble opening up and talking about it oftentimes, because suddenly we're in a culture where it's not necessarily frowned upon, but it's definitely very taboo. It's kind of embarrassing. It's super vulnerable to talk about. Um, so it's really interesting to see the shift. And I love all those stories that you were telling too, with you know the women predicting where the buffalo were going to be and stuff like that. Because there were um, a few things that I've read in the past that we're talking about. I think it was ancient Rome, maybe where you know, men believed that when a woman was menstruating, if she, like, looked at a weapon, it would rust, or she could, like, have lightning come down on, like, all of these crazy things, and it was viewed as just, like, being very powerful, and it was almost feared in, like, a good way, Um, and now it's just crazy because it's such a shameful thing, whereas it used to be this really empowering way for women to connect with each other, and like you said, too, I love that you touched on the way that you can navigate this with a man or with your partner is, you know, even though they don't have that, you know, cyclical kind of way of being, you know, men are very linear, whereas women tend to kind of go around in this cycle, but there are definitely characteristics of both. There are strengths and weaknesses in both that we have to learn to adopt and kind of find middle ground on because there are definitely different times in our life or different phases in our life where we have to tap into that masculine more so and then other times where we have to pull from that more feminine um, way of being I mean even you think about in your workflow there are certain tasks that you have to have that like end goal oriented like just get things done and you really have to step into that but of course there are other times where men and women both it's very beneficial to step into that really nurturing calm loving community oriented um way of being so it's a really cool thing to explore um i'd love to touch on you started to mention the different phases and the way that our body we can learn to work for it rather than against it um which is so fun (laughs) and it's so cool because we literally have this tool that we're carrying with us 
every single day, every second of the day, and women aren't utilizing it. And it's crazy because once you realize how you can really like tap into that and, um, um, you know, optimize certain areas of your life based on your cycle, um, it's crazy and, and it works so, so well. So like you mentioned, with workflow and energy levels, we can start with that. So like I said, during menstruation, we can say that being day one of a new cycle. So during menstruation, your energy levels are tending to wind down. They're usually at their lowest during this time. And that's where things are really turning inward, like I said. Uh, it's a time to honor and respect and rest, um, just take care of your body. And so when it comes to those lower energy levels, typically with exercise, you want to really slow down, focus on more restorative practices like restorative yoga or just going for a nice soothing walk. Um, and then when it comes to the way that you're, you know, fueling your body and the things that you're eating, it's really important to focus on really nourishing, comforting foods. So I always recommend like really warm, comforting soups and stews and like curries and things like that um, to really support that aspect of your body that's really just needing a lot of like snuggles and nurture and all of the like warm, cozy things. Yeah. And um, with, with workflow, it's interesting because we do tend to have lower energy levels and really not want to show up in a big way. Um, but that sometimes is more so on the side of socializing and connecting with other people more so than it is other tasks. There are certain tasks that can definitely be optimized during this time. So another really cool study that I've read on that kind of is riffing off of that um, brain hemisphere connection from the right and left brain hemispheres. Studies have shown that women actually perform better on tests and exams during this time because even though your physical energy is kind of winding down, you still have a lot going on cognitively. So I always take this time um, to really save those kind of big show up kind of tasks. Like if you're, um, if you're on social media, like showing your face on social media and going out and speaking at events and doing things like that, save that for a different time in your cycle when you do have the energetic capacity to really show up. But this is a great time to do a lot of internal work, um, not just in your business or in your work, but in your home as well. Um, so just getting those tasks done that you can, you know, work efficiently at. There's a lot of room for analyzing and kind of feeling out what's feeling good, what's not feeling good. So because we're so in touch with our intuition during this time and our emotions, a really great way, especially in your workflow, is to kind of dig in and be like, okay, what's working really well and what's not working really well and kind of start making those adjustments because you're able to look at that from a different lens than you normally would because you're so in touch with that different part of yourself, of your mind and your body. Um, and so just like you were talking about earlier, it's really cool to, to match this and to like optimize your workflow and the way that you're, you know, you're working with your body rather than against it. And it is, it's a neurochemical kind of thing that's happening. And um, with, you know, those socializing and things like that, you know, you save those for like, you're talking about ovulation. That's when you can really communicate and articulate your thoughts and show up and socialize. And a lot of the time our confidence levels are heightened as well during this time, because it is 
the phase for reproduction. So you're like feeling yourself and you just want to go out and have fun and do all the things. And so something that's really cool to note is because this is the time to really get things done, high energy, get those more intense workouts in, you know, get out there and just do all the things like you have the energetic capacity to do it you can take those things that came up for you during menstruation that maybe you couldn't communicate as efficiently and save those conversations for this time during ovulation, which is typically halfway, um, around the halfway point in the cycle. So I love that you talked about that, that you noticed, um, and even your partner noticed that you just were able to really communicate and articulate so much better during this time you can use that to your advantage. And if you have to have tough conversations or you have to ask for a raise or talk to your family about something that's, you know, really been like sticking out to you, but you just haven't mustered up the courage to talk about it. Like this is the time where it will flow out of you um, so much easier. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my touch on that is just recognizing the different parts of your cycle and you mentioned the other two phases that are typically not so much talked about and a lot of women have no idea that they even exist are in between menstruation and ovulation um both between menstruation and ovulation that first chunk is called the follicular phase and then from ovulation until your next cycle is the luteal phase and so these two phases the names are based on biological processes that are happening um, like you mentioned with you know the follicle is forming that hosts the egg that you know goes into ovulation and so that's the follicular where that word comes from and with um, the luteal phase there's um, a luteinizing hormone that is released that starts to um, bump up those progesterone levels because it's preparing for pregnancy so there's all of these crazy complex and I won't get too too into it because it gets really really detailed but all these really cool processes that are happening between the brain and the hormones um, and just different things within your hormones and your brain chemistry that are happening internally that are triggering all of these different responses so it makes sense that we would feel different during different times um, so after menstruation that follicular phase in between where you're approaching ovulation again, that's where your energy levels are starting to rise and you're starting to, um, you know, be able to show up in a bigger way and get things done. And a lot of, um, a lot of women will say too, that you, you view this as almost like a start to a new beginning. You know, we started our cycle with menstruation, but you're like alive again. You've like come out of your little rest and restore cave and so like creating your to-do lists and just really tapping into that creative energy um, and starting to figure out what your, the rest of your month is gonna look like is really cool. And um, we talked about ovulation with that being kind of that peak. And what is cool is that's a reflection of what our hormones are doing inside of our body. I talked about earlier estrogen and progesterone were dipping way, way, way down to trigger menstruation. So during ovulation, they're way up here and they're super, super, yeah, you're feeling good. Everything's heightened. Um, so that's what happens there. And then the luteal phase is after it hits that peak, it's starting to kind of wind down again. So the first part of the luteal phase, you'll still kind of feel high energy and like getting things done. And then as you move into a week or so before your cycle, that's typically when women are experiencing PMS symptoms. So you can put PMS inside the luteal phase. Um, but I'm sure you can see by now, and a lot of you are probably like, I didn't even know that all these things existed. It's so crazy. And I didn't either. And it blew my mind when I was like, why 
why haven't we been taught this? Even just like a baseline level of maybe like the different phases and just the way that our body works. You don't have to get into like all the chemistry and things like that, but it's just crazy that there is really no, you know, there's, there's no education around what really needs to be educated on because this is the important stuff. Of course, it's important to know that during ovulation, that's when, you know, you're most fertile and then menstruation is, you know, you didn't get pregnant and so your body's kind of shutting off everything that it used to prepare for the pregnancy. That's great. That's important. But why not teach girls and women that they can really tap into their own bodies and use it as a tool to implement into your day-to-day life? Um, and that's, again, why I'm so passionate about talking about this and why it's so cool to connect with other women like you to to kind of go back and forth and, and open up about these things because it's, it's so important to understand. And, um, and it's really exciting. It's really exciting when you learn these things and you can start applying it to your life and you just feel so much more in control of your body and in tune with it. So, yeah, it's a total, it's a totally different approach. And, you know, sadly, (laughs) we're not in charge as much as we'd like to think we were it really allows us to connect back to the bigger forces that be nature and different tribes will use different relations to the seasons you know fall winter spring mm-hmm. summer. like you know <laughs> some people say menstruation is winter and then follicular yeah. stage is spring and summer is ovulation and fall is luteal phase um because it's the natural cycle of things. And when we know that, then we can kind of work with the elements that be in ourselves that are greater than we'll know. My mentor who was in AA would say, <laughs> he'd say, everyone needs a greater, a greater source, you know, a God power. And, you know, some of you like G-O-D, God, and some of you need generation, organization, disintegration. You science people use that for your greater force and you all use God. <laughs> And the thing is, when we, back in the day, when we didn't have, before the Industrial Revolution, even before that, when we didn't have the technology that we have today, we were much more in awe of those greater forces, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. We were much more in awe of our our prophecy, our ability to feel and sense, and, oh, I can feel it's going to rain. Oh, do you hear that rustle in the leaves? There's a deer, we're hunting, something like that, you know? And it's not our fault either, because we can see in the research that, not until 1993 did they really start including even minimum three percent, like maximum actually three percent of women in clinical studies because of the amount of birth defects they were having with pharmaceutical trials and testing. So we aren't educated on the fact that these women were in these pharmaceutical trials, and the things that we're putting in our bodies have been only tested on men because in the mm-hmm. 1930s the men. <laughs> Mainly with the white coats, we're getting freaked out because the women were having, you know, birth defects. So then they would only, you know, they add the women back into the studies and the trials and then the testing. They'd only allow the women to take the medicine while they were infertile. And that's only half the month. And we have to live every month with both parts of our body. So, like, everything has just been twisted around thinking that we're in charge with electricity, Mm -hmm. you know, with we don't go with by the moon and cyclical nature has really been disrespected when it's the only truth in, in nature, which my mother ate uh, food from the, the earth to make me in her belly. 
now maybe she'll <laughs> maybe I'll I won't but people will eat food from a lab but you know so yeah. also in the research that I saw women come to me they want to lose weight they have other body dysmorphic issues with their body so they do the nutrition they do a lot of the emotional processing stuff and research shows that high intensity training during menstruation does not help our metabolism our metabolism is for resting and digesting and a lot of these women were doing high intensity training while on their period um were we're storing more fat because in a biological sense, it would be like you were being chased by a saber toothed tiger. And so yeah. the body's like, okay, we got to hold on to everything. And the women who stopped doing high intensity training during their period, then they were able to have a more successful, stable, um, sustainable weight loss journey. And I, I wanted to, to open on those, those topics because there are just so many greater forces. And since COVID, the coronavirus, which is when we're doing this interview, uh, I think we've become a bit more in tune. I, I don't personally want people to go back to normal. I don't mm -hmm. personally want us to buy the Starbucks coffee. I like a lot of my friends who've, you know, investigated these healthy organic coffees and make it themselves and have a connection to what they're drinking. I hope that people will take their reflections and shift their lifestyles. Um, which mm -hmm. is something I want to, to speak on with you too, with the shift in lifestyle that we discussed just briefly. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing I'll add to what you were talking about is for the men that start to educate themselves on this cycle and who work with women uh, who want efficiency and they want, you know, higher return <laughs> in mm -hmm. their, their business ventures. My yeah. brother on Wall Street and my partner, who's both also in finance, they, that, those worlds are very different than uh, like inter, internet, what do they call it? Uh, digital nomads like you and I. Mm -hmm. But both of them said to me, oh, wait, learning about this. But it was kind of a joke, but kind of like serious in their mind. Like, wait, should I like ask the women on, on my team, like what phase they're in? Maybe they could be more productive, like honor their flow. And so both of them said that. And I was just like, but the, the joke, I started laughing, like so happy they said that because yeah. men and women want to work together and we want to be more sustainable. And I feel women who weren't working in the way that we're working now, we're working around the house or the farm, they would leave certain chores for certain parts of the month because it would yeah. just be cyclical nature. Um, we laughed when my brother was telling me, he was asking me about, you know, his team. And I was like, the sad thing is, I don't even think the women would know, you know, what yeah. they were in. And I think you should ask them. I think they'll just be like, what? This is inappropriate work. And that's what he, I, I don't mind right. a little enraged. Cause I'm like, is that inappropriate work talk? Or is that working smarter, not harder? You know, mm -hmm. around that. And that whole taboo, which I hope will start a revolution in talking about, the hormonal cycle at work for more optimal you know, <laughs> workers um and please please open on there but I have more questions on the cycle yeah yeah I mean it's funny like we're laughing but at the same time that would make so much sense and it it would be hard to to make that happen I think not just for men but like you said, most women wouldn't even know how to answer that question, I'm sure, unless they were just on their period, they could be like, oh, my period. 
because there's that's really the only um, phase where there's like hard physical proof <laughs> of the phase that you're in. Um, everything else, it should be very intuitive, but since we've grown out of touch with ourselves, it's it's hard to kind of be cognizant of that every day or every week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's so cool, and I think that it would definitely be the case. I think it would definitely optimize workflow, and it reminds me of um, those studies that I know have been done in the past on other countries that make their workers take, you know, a break and take time for self-care and how much more efficiently they work on the big scale. Like even though they're taking more time off than other people were, their, their productivity was so much higher because you really have to find a balance in that. And, um, and talking too about just the, the, you're talking about the HIIT workouts and things like that during menstruation um, and the way that we metabolize it, it really all comes back to that energy fluctuation and just honoring that and respecting it. Because when you're doing something like that, when you're doing super high, high intensity workouts um, and just movement in general during a phase where it's like your body is just begging you to slow down and to rest, it's very counterintuitive and it's really working against your body rather than for it. And something that I found in my journey, because when I originally dove into health and wellness, I was like head first, dove in, and I kind of like went to the extreme almost. And I was like exercising every single day, like going for a run and weightlifting and doing this and doing that. And because of the passion I had for it and, you know, with, with my eating habits, I was eating super squeaky clean because I was like, this is the best for my body. I'm fueling my body and nourishing it. And I think something too is we have to be careful when it comes to our cycle because just like you said, that fight or flight mode tends to kind of kick in when it comes to um, our metabolic function and different things like that around our cycle because if you're really being too harsh on your body, even though it's things that are really good in moderation. Um, but I always thought it was really hard for me when I started learning about this. And this is the case too for clients that I work with that are very, very active um, and came from like a sports background even where like there was no, like you couldn't go to your coach and be like, I'm taking the week off because I'm menstruating. Like that wasn't a thing. Um, and so it's really, it's hard a lot of the time when we get into this mindset of like, too much rest is going to make us backtrack on our progress. Um, I have found in myself and in so many other women that once you start working with your body and you save the high intensity stuff for, you know, during ovulation when your energy levels are higher. And um, I know during follicular phase, since those energy levels are rising, um, doing like light cardio and body weight strength training and things like that are really helpful. But I was almost in fear that, you know, I had come so far and I had made so much progress with exercise and everything like that. But as soon as I made that switch and I allowed my body to rest and I put more energy where it made sense to in my cycle, um, it was it was amazing and it was mind blowing because I made so much more progress. I felt like my um, even just stamina and things like that, where I like wanted to work out instead of like, I'm going to make myself do this. And I'm going to, you know, I have to get up this morning and, and do my HIIT workout. It's just 10 minutes. I'll get it in. But even something simple like that, it triggers that fight or flight. Like, hey, 
there's a tiger chasing you, so we're just gonna shut everything down. And that's a really important thing to note is that primal kind of stress response is very much still there, even though it was based on something that happened thousands of years ago where we're, you know, in caves, like hiding from <laughs> all of the predators and stuff that were trying to eat us. Um, but even when it comes to like over restricting your diet, sometimes that triggers that stress response of like, oh, we're low on food supplies. So we got to hang on to everything. And um, something to note too is when that response is stuck in this loop, which oftentimes it is because we're living in a very high stress society, it starts to let go. Um, our, our brain and our body kind of lets go of certain systems that are not functioning at their best level because it's only optimizing all of the systems that actually aid in that fight or flight, like your heart rate goes up, um, your adrenaline's pumping, all those things, but your digestive system, your reproductive system, even your cellular repair system and your immune system, all of those things suddenly become suppressed when we're under so much stress and we're really living out of flow with our bodies because we're kind of in this fight or flight loop consistently. And this happens to so many women. And this is something that brings up a lot of issues in the cycle is you know, for the digestive system, your microbiome is damaged and you start getting really bloated. Um, some women even develop things like IBS and will have like really, really finicky digestive systems. And then the reproductive system, obviously that pertains to all kinds of different period problems. And with the cellular repair system, that's where we start to see a lot of skin issues. A lot of women starting to break out really heavily during different times in the cycle. Of course, the immune system just getting sick more easily and more often, it's, it's all something that it's tied back to living in synchronicity with our cycle or living out of synchronicity with it. And so it's a really important thing to note because once you start looking into it, there are so many other areas within your mind and your body and also just within your life that have an effect on it. So I'm curious to know if you have anything to add to that. I just love the, the idea of when we shift our, our eating patterns, sometimes more sustainable for the earth, or I, I still eat meat, but I'm very uh, intentional about my sourcing and how the animals treat it. It works better for my system than beans and legumes, but that hyper-anxious mentality of like, I just don't know what to eat because I had this many calories, or when people get into this, which I had definitely experienced in my own life history you know how do I choose this it's like this and you can already see my whole posture my the, the way that my circulation is flowing my body mm -hmm. whatever signals that's sending to me of anxiety um that really affects my ability to digest to begin with you know taking these yeah. and not distracting our minds while we're eating um and and it's <clears throat> These aren't crazy woo-woo things like how's your energy like blue or green or I see an aura. It's like when you go to the doctor, they're like, what have your energy levels been? And when was the first day of your last cycle? And I was always like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. But this idea of the hypercritical mindset that we get into, it really affects our biology, our thoughts. You know, mm -hmm. the issue is in the tissue, how we're holding our body and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. like how we're going to be holding our body and the ability to digest a client. Um, said to me, you know, I ate something and it really didn't settle well and I threw up and I was starting to feel the self-loathing come in 
and oh, I should have eaten that, and what, what happened, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, but she said, and then I just said, you know, my stomach is unsettled. I'm going to choose something, in better words, she chose something within the brat diet, you know, for when you have really upset stomach, a banana mm-hmm. toast. Really, really simple. Yeah. Yeah. She, she got a piece of toast out, she ate it, and she got into the bath, and she just kind of soothed herself. And I'm like, do you understand? We're going to have issues come up no matter what, stress come up no matter what. But if we eat something out of the ordinary or that doesn't sit with us, do we go into three days of self-loathing and continue binge eating or beating ourselves up, which does damage to our biology and to our systems? Mm-hmm. Or do we just take action and, and nurture and nourish? And with the exercising, as you said, which I train, my coach was um, Navy, and we were very militant and uh, cross and and did a lot of intense uh, training in the athletics of uh, the school I went to. And we we were very, we were excited about how proud we were and how strict and how hardcore we were. But when I talk to myself and the people I love, I'm like, are we training for war? And some males, like, and even in, in certain parts of my life, I love the warrior mentality. But I'm mm-hmm. like, even in my own work, what am I working so hard for? To enjoy mm-hmm. my life and talk about chemical warfare and corona and all the things people are thinking about. How do we even prepare for the kind of wars that we'll see now? Top thing in any immunology, epidemiology research, which weakens our immune system, is stress. Yeah. How we respond to stress. Yeah, our systems, which we've been discussing in this talk, you know, as COVID goes on, if there's war brewing, it's how I'm taking care of my stress in my mm-hmm. body to prepare it to really be healthy. And of course, we can work out, but it's a it's totally different mindset. And um, I don't want to prepare my mind for wartime. I, I don't <laughs> to do that because it doesn't bring me the ability to be present and see the butterfly land on the leaf outside and enjoy dinner with my partner and you know like laugh because I'm just swirling with anxiety in my head and um and people might have their own feelings about training but any great athlete I know they understand the need for repair and uh, you know reconstruction in their body when they train hard um so I'm really happy we're talking about the mindset and the emotional climate that we've set ourselves in uh, due to our conditioning, due to what schools we went to, who we were surrounded by, the movies we watched, and then what's real. And I, I would love to, at this part of our conversation, go into what you said just briefly um, uh, before we went on the interview about the change in lifestyle that you made and some of the reasons why, and some of the terms you might use might be a, a new form of language for some people listening, but um, you said something like, I don't know what it was, intentional living, or I'm trying to remember. Yeah, something, you're probably something about being more intentional or more mindful. Um, that's definitely kind of the overarching theme for me. Like I mentioned earlier, I was very strict hardcore like go 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 um and I like that you mentioned too with the way that you are currently like eating and things like that I think we tend to get really hung up on a particular 
diet or exercise plan and things like that. And so I was very strictly plant-based for a number of years, I think almost seven years actually. And it worked for me for a little bit, for a while actually, it worked for me for a few years. Um, and then it didn't, <laughs> and my body started responding negatively to it. And so I've gone through a lot of different changes and I've done all of the, you know, the different dietary trends like paleo and raw vegan and all the things. And I really come in the last few years to a place where I realize that everyone's body is so different. And not only that, but it's going to change and it's going to fluctuate over time as well. So it's really about, you know, being intuitive with yourself and with your body. And um, for me personally, a really interesting story that I like to tell is um, I was in Colorado visiting a friend a few years ago. And it was during the time where I was just really, really, just like you were talking about with the body language, like very tight and just holding on to a lot of tension and anxiety because I was so stressed about all of the choices that I had to make. And I just wanted to do everything right. And I was trying to take care of my body, but it was backfiring on me. And I remembered opening up to this friend's mom because she was kind of in the realm of more holistic thinking. And I was opening up to her about, I'm doing all these things and I'm trying all these natural products for my skin and it's still breaking out. And I'm eating in a way that, you know, I've been told is like the perfect way of eating. And I'm still experiencing really bad digestion and all of these things I just poured out to her and I was just talking like a million miles an hour and she's like whoa 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 what's your name and I was like what are you talking about were you even listening to me and she's like tell me what's your name and I was like Grace and she was like yeah you're not showing yourself any of that and I was like oh Ugh, like that hurt but it hurt so good and it really hit me and like that moment I was like I am not showing myself any grace I am being so hard on my body and it's it makes sense that it would be responding this way and so I think the biggest part in my journey um, and what this looks like with a lot of women because like I said earlier I help more holistic minded women solve these issues because I want people to come into this program with already some understanding of the fact that they want to heal these problems and solve these problems naturally. And so a lot of the time, what comes with that is this really, um, this kind of sticky way of thinking where you're just stuck on a particular regimen and protocol and you feel like you're overwhelmed with trying to do everything right. And what I have found when it comes to our hormones is it's all about making our body feel at peace and safe and, um, with that comes the balance because if we're you know holding on to a lot of tension and we're trying so hard to do everything right I mean I always say the first step is to just trust the process and to know that even like the smallest changes are going to lead to really big results if you really stick with it and find what works best for you and ultimately just do your best like don't try to over exceed in every area that you do just just do what feels good and do your best obviously you know with a certain level of education or maybe some research that you've been doing um, and that's why I do what I do because I want to be able to walk women through that process of understanding what they need to understand about their body and their cycle but then taking it to their unique 
system and figuring out something that not only is going to work for them to allow them to function at optimum level, but that makes sense and isn't too overwhelming and can just really easily kind of flow into their life and something that they enjoy. Because when I was doing what I was doing, I wasn't enjoying it. I convinced myself that I was because I was like, I'm doing all these things right. And, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, and it's feeling really good. And it, it wasn't on a deeper level. You know, I, I couldn't go, I couldn't eat the things that my friends and family were eating. I would like bail on someone because I missed my exercise that morning and I needed to get it in and like all of these things. And it really just for my story personally, and it might look different for others, maybe they need to do more. They feel like they need to do more because they're not paying any attention at all to what their body's trying to tell them. But at the end of the day, there's always a balance that needs to be found where you can be going too extreme with it, or you can be not paying enough attention or not being careful enough. But um, that was just a story I wanted to share because being told that and just saying, show yourself grace. And I tell that to my clients and it feels kind of weird. And like, <laughs> just being like, hey, remember my name, do more of that. I'm just kidding. I don't say that. But um, exactly. yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, that's, that's one of the most important things because even just tying it back to the fight or flight stuff and all the primal responses that we have, um, you know, stress is the in my opinion, and, and in most studies that have been done, the, the biggest hormonal disruptor um, that affects our overall health really, really drastically, but our hormones especially. You can be doing everything right. Um, you can have a, you know, a great relationship with food and exercise, and you filtered out all of you know, the toxic ingredients and things like that in your products you're using, but if you are you know, experiencing a lot of stress every single day and not the key is just knowing how to manage it because certain things we can't control, but we can't control how we respond to it. And I think that's a really important thing to note. And at the end of the day, just do your best and show yourself a lot of love and a lot of grace. And um, yeah, I mean, you got it. And it's going to feel amazing when you figure out that balance that works for you. And what you've done because people will be like, Oh, I could have done better. I could have done better. But for me, it was all this driving, driving and creating and, I'm always like, what am I doing this all for? Once I get it done, then I can feel that relief or some peace. Or while I'm doing it, am I going to feel like the relief and peace? And, and people mm -hmm. think with these weight loss journeys or wanting to shift their shape, it's like once you do that, then you can feel connection from a man or from your family or you can feel loved. Or like while you're doing it, can you feel loved? And can you find this sense of love, kindness and love? And with the journey that you're speaking on with them, I would use the word hypercritical for myself. <laughs> I was so anal about each thing and how I was eating and what I was eating with and all this stuff. And I'm thinner than I have been in my adult woman body in the last eight years <laughs> than ever. And I'm healthier than ever and I'm eating much more diverse um, than before because I'm I'm just happy and I, I know if I get a little tummy ache I can take a little bit of this or if I eat a lot of white rice my partner knows I'll be sleeping on the couch for two hours I'll, I'm, I'm yeah. just but I had fun eating it with him you know so yeah <laughs> real with like what's happening you know and so um that that amount of grace but coming from kind of ivy league hardcore what I thought deemed success background 
I had a doctor who said the same thing. You know, you should really give yourself some grace. And inside of me, like, I kind of cringed. I'm like, grace? Like, be easy on myself? This was mm-hmm. ago. I really didn't like that idea. I, I, I was taught harder, you know, push, you know. And mm-hmm. I was really, um, the people I looked up to, my father was saying, balance, 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 and I couldn't hear him. But I thought if I pushed a little harder, then somehow I could, reach what I was looking for, which was this relief, safety, comfort. You know, as women, we are nurturers. Whether people want to be mothers or not, we are given the task of having this system. Our soul chose to come in this system, whether or not we choose to change it and transition to another system. And that whole system, the system is for nurturing and being cyclical and, and give and take. And I know mothers who, when they educate themselves on their biology and where things are naturally flowing, they have the conversation with their spouse and say, I don't want to fight you with you. you know, I want to plan the months so that I am the one who's, I've chosen to have the responsibility of running the household. And let's do these big events during this week. And let's mm-hmm. do organizational tasks this week. And let's plan it. In our month in the accordance to this flow that I'm in and and the, this Alisa Viti has some new workout around a term she she used the infradian rhythm for women versus mm-hmm. circadian rhythm which women have but only men have the circadian rhythm of just how we cycle through and I don't think it's it can be bumpy I don't think it's always perfect but once we start communicating the realities that we are living in or with our partners and with our our loved ones and we get real and vulnerable about like maybe I'm not seeing the world the way you are maybe my reality isn't the same but the system in the world that I'm living in is this is it and there there can be hard conversations but once people start to really express and expose I was laughing to myself earlier because I was in therapy session and I and I told this this is professional. I'm so embarrassed. I'm talking about my deepest, darkest secrets and my uh, my partner's in the other room and he might be hearing me. And how hard is it to to really unveil and, and own our tender parts, our vulnerable parts, the soft parts? Mm-hmm. How much stronger are we, you know, when we slow down and we feel? Like, I always think about the ab exercises where we're lifting our legs. And when we move them slower, we have to use more power. Yeah. To move them quickly. And and feeling feeling takes strength. Um, as we end, I'm looking at our time. Uh, I'm wondering if you would like to speak uh, a question I often, um, two questions, but one of them that I often come to in this um, series is, how women and men can view their sensitivity as a strength rather than a crippling force. And I've spoken to women who are like, I don't even know how to start with this whole intuitive eating thing. And because they're not used to sensing. They're used to mm-hmm. out thinking rather than using their entire brain and their entire system. Um, what would you say around that topic to to men and women who have hated their who hated their sensitivities, who hated their symptoms um, of being a human and being in this body, and how yeah. to embrace that that our senses are there for a reason. They're speaking to us, and you can tie this into 
the hormonal symptoms as well or any any way you'd like to to speak to it yeah i think that first of all what you said you know it, it is there for a reason it wouldn't exist if it didn't have a purpose um i it makes sense that a lot of us men and women have a really poor relationship with our sensitivity and our emotions and our vulnerability because it can kind of it can be ingrained in us very early on as like a survival system um depending on what happened sometimes in your childhood where you had to like be firm and you couldn't show emotion and it it did help you maybe in that moment and so you kind of like are conditioned um we'll get too into like the psychology aspect of it but it's really interesting i do think though um also psychologically speaking that our emotions and our sensitivity can sometimes be our brain's way of filtering through thoughts and feelings um, that we've experienced. And if we don't have an outlet for that, it's it can build up and it's not very pretty. And it's a natural process that happens. And so I think the first thing is it's just realizing that, realizing that it's not, first of all, it's not weak to be emotional and to be sensitive and to be vulnerable. In fact, it is a strength. It's muscle that you have to work. Sometimes you have to work a little harder than others if you've really detached yourself from that. But it is worth working towards because it can be a really, really beneficial thing. I just talked about this recently on my Instagram. I was talking about how emotions and vulnerability isn't just okay, but it's very necessary because it is our, our mind's way of processing information and it, it makes sense because it's, it's really just like we were talking about with our cycle. It's another one of those tools that we have built into our bodies. So if you don't utilize that, then it's really going to waste. Um, and it's a good way too, because with opening up your emotions comes a lot of um, room for more communication understanding yourself a lot better especially like in a really serious relationship or a partnership if you don't have like an open dialogue and you're not expressing emotions and being sensitive to one another it's um it oftentimes can lead to um you know some issues down the road and so i do think that the first step is just realizing that it's not just a natural thing but a very necessary thing um that, that we have to use and, and use to our advantage, just like everything we've been talking about. It's all about tapping into those tools that we're naturally given um, and using them so that we can be working with our bodies rather than against it. But I do think it's important too, to yeah, realize that it, it's gonna be hard if you've really been holding on to this for a long time. And if it has been one of those like survival mechanisms that you've adopted, but it can happen and it can change and realizing how much healing is going to come with that is just an important thing to know and to strive for. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about the empowering mindset and perspective we've spoken on around hormones and our body's intelligent makeup in, in our physiology. Mm -hmm. um, what are a couple things as we end? that women can start to do to improve or rebalance if there are like one or two or three things that you you would tell people that hopefully they would be interested in taking your program or if they're going to wait till you open registration again they can 
they can start to mull in their mind. Yeah. So if you haven't already noticed, I'm sure it came across that stress is a really, a really big one there. So starting to not just understand the way that this works, which hopefully after our conversation, you've, you know, to everyone watching that you've gotten a better idea of what the stress response looks like and it makes a little bit more sense in your mind and maybe you have a better idea of how to navigate that in the future moving forward but it's just really important to to understand that whole concept of what we can't control and what we're not in charge of you know we can decide how we're going to react to something um, and a lot of deeper work has to happen with you know different mindset shifts but the first step is just prioritizing it. I mean, making stress management just as much of a priority as other areas of taking care of yourself, like with your nutrition and your exercise and, um, you know, more mindset work. I mean, stress is really something that we should be, stress management is something we should be prioritizing every day. And that can just look like simple, you know, taking some time for yourself, taking some time for self-care um, and doing things that, uh, I think journaling is really great to like just brain dump everything, um, whether that be first thing in the morning or after a long day, you can just dump everything onto a piece of paper. Or if you're big into yoga and meditation or even spending time in prayer, like just doing something that really gets you back and, and grounded. Um, I'm sure everyone has like a go to what they do to de-stress and what they enjoy doing to manage it. But oftentimes we don't prioritize it. That's really the issue here. So I'd say first and foremost, just make that a priority. And if you have to be your own account accountability partner and like set a reminder on your phone or put a sticky note up in your bathroom and, you know, just be reminded of like, oh yeah, I need to take those, you know, 15, 30 minutes to just relax and unwind. Because even the days where you might not feel as stressed as others, if you can make that a habit of making it a daily thing or at least striving and doing your best to make it a daily thing, um, you'll start to see so much improvement, not just in your cycle, but just your thought processes and stress levels, of course. But I think another really um, kind of like commonsensical point, but something that women don't take seriously is drink enough water. <laughs> Please drink your dang water. That does, I know, we've got to be like, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think we lost her. Are you there, Grace? I think we lost her just for a moment. But I think she'll be back soon. Are you guys drinking water if you're watching this? She's about to get to the second. Um, she's about to get to the second thing to do for rebalancing your hormones and improving them and we'll see if we can get her back on in the next couple minutes i think we lost her well water is very important for hormone for hormone health <laughs> please contact race grace or grace rash i'm like race Grace, Rash, or I, if you'd like any help with managing your hormones, please look into Grace's amazing program that she's developed. 
uh, she's just a very well studied, intelligent sister. And um, thanks for watching this. And thank you for Zoom for working as best as you could. We'll see you guys soon. Local, global wellness show.